Hello, this is Ms. Williams, your principal, and I am so happy to read Chapter 17, The Assembly, from the book, The Snitch. On Monday morning, Mom goes through with her plan. We leave for school about 10 minutes earlier than usual, and instead of dropping us off in the pickup line, she comes in. Why are you coming in the school, Mom? Cole asks. We still haven't told him everything that's going on. I need to take care of some business in the front office, Mom says. I hope and pray that no one sees us. There's nothing more embarrassing than having your mom or dad with you in the hallway. I don't know why you have to do this, Mom. I whine as I move away from her toward my locker. You'll thank me for it later, she says. She makes her way down the hall a few minutes before Chloe and Marima meet me at my locker. Did you hear more news about Nathan? Chloe asks. I wanted to call you all weekend, but I was too scared. Nathan's dad called my parents trying to find out what went on before he got hurt. I just told them I didn't know anything about it and they left me alone. Well, he just didn't call my house he came by with the entire family, I say. Nathan was there too on crutches and he looked awful. Marima's eyes widened. You didn't tell what happened, did you? I looked down. My mom is in the principal's office right now. Oh no, Chloe exclaims. It may not be as bad as we think. Marima? adds after a few minutes. Maybe they will put a stop to what Lonnie's doing once and for all. Have you seen her? asked Chloe. Not since Nathan hurt his leg. She hasn't been to class in a couple of days. Mom comes back down the hall. You're lucky, Sophie, she says. The principal was in a special meeting, so I have to come back later in the week. I breathe a sigh of relief. Once mom turns the corner, Chloe and I give each other a high five. We have some time before we have to snitch. We go to English class and still no Lonnie. It looks like we're home free. But after lunch, the school secretary makes an announcement over the intercom. There will be a special assembly this afternoon for the entire fifth grade class. There is a buzz in the room as everyone whispers and tries to figure out what the meeting will be about. Chloe, Marima, and I look at each other from across the room. After sixth period, we head to the auditorium with the rest of the fifth graders. Mr. Jenkins, our school principal, is in front of the room. Nathan Jones, one of the students in 5B, had to have knee surgery today. Over half the kids gasp. A few days ago, he was knocked over in the hallway here at Xavier, and it seems that someone also stepped on his knee and injured it so badly he needed surgery to have it repaired. The room is silent. Look, there's Lonnie, I whisper to Chloe and Marima. Lonnie is sitting in front of the room near Gibson's, near the Gibson twins. She's chewing gum and doesn't look scared or nervous at all. Mr. Jenkins continues. 
This wasn't an accident. Whoever did this knew exactly what he or she was doing. For some reason, Nathan refuses to tell who hurt him. That's why I've called you all in today. We've talked to the teachers with classrooms on that hallway, and none of them saw anything. But I know that at least one of you in this room had to have seen something. Marima nudges me and raises her eyebrows. No way, I mouth. Now I know that many of you feel bad about tattling on your classmates, Mr. Jenkins continues, but this is serious. Nathan will be unable to walk normally for at least three months. And if someone is bold enough to do this to him, what will they do to someone else? Whoever did this needs to be held accountable. Lonnie blows a bubble with her gum, then turns back towards us and glares. I can't believe this. She doesn't even care. Hitting, pushing, shoving, or physically abusing other students in any way is bullying, says Mr. Jenkins, and it will not be tolerated at Xavier. Anyone found to bully other students will be suspended or expelled, depending on what is going on. We will have more hall monitors in the early mornings and late afternoons to prevent something like this from happening. Thank goodness, I think. These actions by the school should help, Mr. Jenkins continues, but the best defense we have against bullying is you. Bullies depend upon you not telling your parents and teachers and not standing up to them so they can keep hurting other people. If you tell on them, they will have to stop or else be kicked out of school. If you don't tell, they can't continue with what they are doing with no consequences. If this bully had been turned in a long time ago, Nathan would probably be in class with you now, and we wouldn't be having this meeting. So all of this is our fault, I wonder? If you know about bullying but you don't report it, then you are a part of the problem, Mr. Jenkins explained. Not turning in a bully allows them to continue to hurt and take advantage of people. Now, did anyone else see anything the day that Nathan got hurt that may help us find who did this. Carrie McNeely raises her hand. When I was on my way to the library that morning, I saw Nathan walking around Sophie's locker. I thought it was weird because he usually doesn't talk to her. People started whispering. Everyone turns to me. Why was Nathan at your locker, Sophie? Mr. Jenkins asked. <laughs> 